Welcome to Active Word with Bishop Ishmael Sam of the Loyalty House International, a denomination originating from the Lighthouse Group of Churches, UDOLGC. Called of God, he ministers under the anointing of his father, Bishop Daghiwad Mills. Bishop Sam is the resident bishop of the Loyalty House International, Abbey Dawenya, of the Dawenya Afenya Link Road. He oversees many churches, both in Ghana and abroad. May the power of God be activated in your life today as you listen to Active Word.
Wow. It's a message. How many of you want to be like Jesus? It's time for the word of God. Hallelujah. Amen. The Bible says that he sent his word. Isn't that? Stand to your feet. Jesus of Nazareth, have mercy on me and pass my way today. Change my life today. Don't let me live here the same way I came today. Let me live here with a miracle. Let me live here with a miracle. Let me live here with a word from you. Let me leave here with a word from you. I thank you, Jesus. I thank you, Jesus. That you are passing my way today. You are passing my way today. Amen. Amen. Put your hands together for Jesus. And let's take our seats on top of our enemies. Amen. It's wonderful. So today, I want to conclude on the teaching on loyalty, we will do again if the Lord permits. But I believe that you continue to read it and um, it will be a blessing. I mean, if I've been blessed with this message on loyalty, loyalty for business. You know, many businesses are not working because of disloyal people, especially those of who do business that, you know, clients come around and you are not there, but uh, are, your clients have been redirected to other people. They've also started another business similar so when the client comes then they say oh you can buy the cement here you can buy the nail here you can do it but nobody is buying your things you don't understand well you see a lot of people came to the shop you see all these are loyalty and disloyalty do you see amen why do we preach loyalty you know there are several reasons for loyalty do you see and i said that one of the most important reasons that people may say, oh, 
Why this lot? Why this lot? It's because of your vision. Our vision is to build a mega church. And one of the things to do in a mega church is to have a large and a successful ministerial team. To have faithful people who will be pastors and other things. And the love of God to fill the church. So therefore, we realize one of the ways to have this type of pastors around, large pastors who start churches, places, without breaking the church, without and the love of God to fill the church, is to teach loyalty. One of the ways we are trying to do to stop the spread of the virus is to immunize people. And so teaching is immunizing you against something that is a potential destroyer of fellowships and churches. If you have a vision to have only one church, that's okay, you see, but if you have that vision, so we preach about loyalty, so many reasons for loyalty. We talked about the stages of loyalty. Is that not so? How someone can become disloyal. It comes in stages. How do how many of you remember? It comes in stages. They said the first stage is what? Independent stage. The next stage is what? Offense. Offense. You know, offenses are very dangerous. So. Offense, to take offense, are very dangerous. Offense is that like you are hurt. And the doctors will tell you that if someone gets a wound, you get a wound on your skin, what the doctors are concerned about will not necessarily be the wound, but the germs, the infection that can come and infect your wound is what they are concerned about. Because for the wound, they will treat it. It can, it can cure. But if you don't treat it well, and something else comes in, it becomes septicemia. Would take, do you know septicemia? It's not a type of soap. It is a sickness that can kill you. Do you get it? And the, so, so when you are in a church, you have a friend who has a head. You know, the person is hurt or was hurt about something. And the wound is not properly healed. Don't take that person lightly or for granted. It is just a matter of time until the wound is properly healed. And one of the ways you can see that the wound is healed is when that thing is mentioned and you are not angry. When that thing is mentioned and you are not angry, it means somehow the wound is healed. But if the wound is not healed, no matter how nice the person is, no matter how nice the person is, the person, and often what happens is that they become passive. They speak neither good nor evil. If they were sitting in the front, they sit at the back. Not all those at the back are this, but if, but if they are sitting in the front, they sit at the back. If they were sitting at the back, then they sit in their cars. Or they watch online. They become passive. You don't see them. They vanish. It is a sign that the wound is not healed. Yes. It is a sign that the wound is not healed. And every experienced person knows that. It's only inexperienced people who don't know that. 
But every experienced person, the person's head is still there. And as long as the head is there, be careful. Because when Absalom was hurt, even for right or wrong cause, do you get it? Bible says for two years, he was in church. She was in church. She said neither good nor evil. Stop all ministries. Be to himself. And then after two years, and all those two years, he, he was hatching a plan. He was hatching a plan to show people. After the two years, then he had a party. And I told you, somebody who doesn't flow with you, then he, he organized a party, you go. And he did a party, and when they went there, he took revenge. Do you get it? So until the wound is healed, the wound is healed. And one of the ways the wound can heal is by humility. Humility. See, many people are proud. That is why they can hold on to a thing for a long time. They are proud. Because if you know that you can also make mistakes, you get husbands and wives. Some of you husbands and wives, you have issues that you have kept for a long time. Sometimes when you are talking to married couples and they talk to you about something that the man did, and you trace it, ah, so you are talking about five years ago. You are talking about six months ago. What are, what are you thinking? Why are you thinking about it? Or the husband will say, say, for so all this, well, this is on your mind. No wonder there's no flow. And it's pride. Nobody wants to accept that I am wrong. Married couples are here in church. Yeah. Nobody wants to accept this pride. I'm looking forward to a time that when your husband tells you, you will tell your husband that, look, I am wrong. And that one, some of them to say I am wrong, it will be like you are removing all their hair from their hair top. Hair top. Just to say, I am wrong. Or I was wrong. Hey! Hmm. For the husband to tell the wife, I was wrong. Pride! Pride! And often just, I am wrong. I didn't intend to say this. When I'm saying it, it means that God wants me to say it. You have to be humble. It takes humility to accept that I am wrong. Even if you don't know, someone points you. A couple came to me and I was telling them something. As I was telling them the mistakes, hey, come and see one of them. The person was fighting me just to say, I am wrong. But you know, I am wrong and I'm sorry. Eh? Takes away so many problems. You see, takes away so many problems. And sometimes you can see in the church, people are doing wrong things. You tell them, just to say I am wrong. No. Then they would rather be hurt. And then the gems of the, de- you know, demons are like gems. They'll be always waiting to look for wounds and hurt. So all the people the devil is able to get in the church to use for bad things, 
for backbiting, for quarreling, or their people have been hurt, and the hurt is not properly healed. Do you see? But it's humility. Humility. So your attitude must be that if anybody sees you, that you are doing something wrong, and the person tells you what you are doing is wrong, just accept it. Don't just accept it and flow. Are you getting me? Just accept it and flow. Let me look for a certain scripture that I'll read and then I'll go back to Second Chronicles 12, 1 to 7. And it came to pass when Rehoboam had established the kingdom and had strengthened himself, he forsook the law of the Lord and all Israel with him. When did he forsake the Lord? When he had strengthened himself and established a kingdom. You see, often it's when things are going on okay. Yeah, that's why you, you can easily forget. You can be, become proud. You can even forget the person who laid hands on you. You can forget the person who introduced your beloved to you. You are angry with the person, but you are still with your beloved. Who introduced the person to you? The person who blessed your marriage. So from today, your husband and wife. You say it's a Satan, but you are still married to the marriage that was blessed. What a shock. <laughs> and as sending himself, he forsook the law of the Lord and all Israel with him. Verse 2. And the Bible says, And it came to pass that, the, that in the fifth year of Kirehoboam, Shishak, king of Egypt, came up against Jerusalem because they had transgressed against the Lord. Because they had what? Transgressed against the Lord. Verse 3. With 1,200 chariots and threescore thousand horsemen. And the people were without number that came with him out of Egypt. The Lubims, the Sukims, and the Ethiopians. And the Ethiopians. And he took the fence cities which pertain to Judah and came to Jerusalem. The next verse is verse what? Five. Then came Shemaiah, the prophet to Rehoboam. Then came Shemaiah, the prophet to Rehoboam. And to the princes of Jerusalem because of Shishak. And said unto them, Thus saith the Lord, You have forsaken me, and therefore have I also left you in the hand of Shishak. It's because you have forsaken me. Therefore, I've also left you in the hands of Shishak. And let's go to the next verse. Look at it. Listen. Whereupon the princes of Israel and the king did what? The princes of Israel and the king did what? They, you, see, you see, you can't even say humble. Did what? Humble themselves. And they said, they said what? They said what? They said what? When the prophet came to tell them their problem, their mistakes, they humbled themselves and said, hey, 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 the Lord is righteous. The Lord is righteous. Immediately accepted. God cannot be wrong. We are at fault. If this is the attitude of everybody who is corrected, 
Do you think there will be problems in the church? Do you think there will be problems in the marriage? Do you think there will be problems in your whatever relationship? No. When as soon as the problem was pointed to them, say, hey, the Lord is righteous. But um, see, they had to humble themselves before they could say. That they, so, so the reason the humble is there is that if you are not humble, you can't easily accept it. So they accepted what the prophet told them. They accepted what the word of God was telling them. That some of you sit in church, the preaching comes. You know that this preaching, you know, you are just joking over where you are so far, but it's your abrobe. Your own abrobe. Do you get it? Instead of humbling yourself and say what the pastor is saying is true, the Lord is righteous. You'll be there. You won't humble yourself. You'd rather find more excuses, more reason to justify your, pro- your issue. But this king and the princes, they just humbled and said, look, the Lord is righteous. And because of that, look at what happened in the next verse. The Lord is righteous. And listen, and when the Lord saw that they humbled themselves, and the word of the Lord, the, when they saw it, they said that the word of the Lord came to Shemaiah, saying, they have humbled themselves. Therefore, I will not destroy them. But I will grant them some deliverance. And my wrath shall not be poured out upon Jerusalem by the hand of Shishak. Because what they, they, they humbled themselves and said, we are sorry. We made a mistake. And what did God do? He changed his mind. He changed his mind. So sometimes, just be, and by this, it comes by humility. Humbling yourself and accepting that what I did was wrong and it's wrong. No matter how many people just give you justification for it, it's wrong. And humble yourself, then God will change his mind. Hallelujah. I see God changing his mind because of humble heart. Today, by the time you live here, you should be prepared to say the Lord is righteous. I am wrong. Especially if it's coming from the word of God. You should be able to tell us that the Lord is righteous. And God will change his mind. Your husband will change his mind. Your wife will, your wife will change his, her mind and flow. Your father will change his, his mind. Because you have accepted. And if you accept it, what can a person do? What can a person do? The person cannot do anything. Because you have accepted Hey, you did it. Hey, you are this. Okay, okay, I, am, I accept it. I am this. I'm sorry. You are right. What can the person do? But you know your heart is hard. You want to prove that you are right. It's the proving that I'm also right that brings problems. Are you getting what I'm saying? So whoever God is speaking to, let us all hear the word of the Lord. Amen. So we started... Talking about what last is it last week? We started talking about the lessons of loyalty. Is that not so? Yes, I think so. We are talking about the lessons of loyalty. What's the first lesson of loyalty? Loyalty demands full persuasion. Remember, do you remember? Do you remember? 
loyalty. So you must be persuaded. You get it? You must be persuaded. We got to know that everybody will be criticized. Jesus was, even God was. That's why Satan rebelled. Every pastor, every husband, every wife, every friendship, every boss will be criticized. Do you get it? You have something to say about a person. But you must be persuaded about your husband. You might be persuaded about your wife. You might be persuaded about your church. You might be persuaded about your boss. And therefore, I said so many, you see, the things that we say in church, the preachings, the word of God, the openness, is there for you to see. Nobody can be in this church, you don't know what your tithe is being used for. Every, except you don't join a flow prayer meeting. But if you join, say, every time you are taking an offering, the church's projects you are doing, they are rolling on the screen, including your hometown. Everywhere, you see, churches are being built. So you don't have, a, you don't have any difficulty asking that come and give account of the money. Because when you see the project and your money you are giving, you see that your money is nowhere near the project. So you'll be happy to continue giving. Are you there with me? All this is makes you to be persuaded. Are you getting it? Wonderful. The next lesson which I want us to learn on loyalty is that your loyalty must be to the highest authority. Your loyalty is to the higher authority. Wherever you are, there are ranks of authorities. If you are in a basanta, there's a basanta leader. There's a basanta, there's a pesanta versia, pesanta versia, there's a the leader, pesanta, and then there's the basanta pastor. If you are a center, there are basanta leaders, then there are center pastors, and all those things. So, Everybody has somebody over him or her. And so your loyalty is always to the higher, the next highest authority. Are you getting it? And it is important that you are able to understand this. You see, you're able to understand it so that if you are having any issues, any difficulties in the church, you should know who to go to. You should know who to go to. And the highest authority in the church who knows the highest authority in the church? It's the highest authority is Jesus Christ. The highest authority in the church is who? Is who? Is who? Jesus Christ is the highest authority in the church. Amen. That is why, for instance, if you look at the story of Jim Jones which is one of the examples given. The story of Jim Jones. Jim Jones went to his church and told them that they should go and drink cyanide. Cyanide is a kind of chemical that's very deadly. It will kill you if you took it. Do you get it? And the church followed him to drink the cyanide. Why, why would they do that? You see, first of all, they didn't know the word of God. If you knew the word of God, you realize that there's no way in the Bible that God even says that anybody will know when the Lord will come in the first place. And let alone take your life by cyanide. There's, there's nothing other than there's also people who are not using their mind. I get what I'm saying. But Paul says in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 1, if you take the NIV, 1 Corinthians 11, 1, the NIV, you say your loyalty is to the highest authority 
as long as who the person are following is following the highest authority. So the Bible says that follow my example. Whose example? No, whose example? Paul. And this is not the Old Testament, this is the New Testament. He said, follow my example as I follow the example of Christ. Do you get it? What does the King James say? Follow my example as I follow the example of Christ. You see, and the King James said that, be ye followers of me even as I'm of Christ. So there is somebody you are following who is an authority over you. But it is as long as the person is also following Christ. As long as the person is following Christ. That is what you must do. So after Jim Jones, then many people there say that, oh, it's not every pastor was now demonized, don't follow this man of God and everything. But he, he said, as I follow, was he following Christ? Is your pastor following Christ? That is what I am asking you. Amen. So, you must know the Christ you are following. If you know the Christ you are following, it becomes very, very easy to follow your pastor or a, an authority. It, because you can easily see that this authority is following Christ. Yes. And where there are gray areas, you look at the emphasis of the authority. Emphasis of the authority. Because if you take some of that loyalty, you know, you can see that somebody whose mind is built a one church family will have nothing to do with loyalty. In it. Uh, because he doesn't have any intention of going to let anybody form anything anywhere. No. So loyalty is the highest, higher authority. That means that if you are there as ministry, you are in the ministry. And then somebody starts doing certain things in the ministry. You mustn't try and be there and solve it. You have to go to your next highest authority, which is the Persanta overseer, is that also? Or the Basanta overseer, the overseer, or the Basanta leader. That this is what is happening. If you also realize the Basanta leader is the person doing that. The Basanta is in the church. All the girls in the church, the Basanta, they visit him in the night. You see on his phone, nude pictures of the girls. You have to go to the higher, the next higher authority. Because this one is the Basanta leader himself. So now you have to go to the Basanta pastor. Hey, I remember a sheep had a problem with somebody higher than him. Then she went to another person who was the next higher but the other, the person who had the problem was higher than the person. Do you know what the person told her? So, this is nothing. We all do it. Can you believe The person has a problem. He's come to tell you. Then you tell the person, this is nothing. We all, even the, I can even show you other things. What a shock. In this case, if you know you are Bible, you have to quickly go to the next, next higher authority. Next, next higher authority. And say it. 
In the next, next house, you see, it's like some, I was watching the film. I realized that everybody was corrupt in the film. <laughs> so you don't even know who to report to. Hey, it was dangerous. So the person thought he had gone to the police to report. So he stopped the police car. They took care of this thing and they took care. So as they were going, then the policeman had a call. Then, then they were going on. Then the policeman said, oh, I'm drop, stopping. I'm going to buy something at a restaurant and come. When he went on the, the guys that she had gone to report, they came on her. So I said, who would you report to? Next time when you have a problem, do you get it? There is always an authority. If you go to the next authority, you realize that this thing, the church, even the, the, the senior pastor himself is also engaged in this. Then you go to the highest authority, which is Jesus Christ. What does the Bible say about this? Are you getting what I'm saying? What is the Bible saying about this? That you do what the Bible is saying about it. Amen. Lesson three of laws of loyalty, isn't it? Lessons of loyalty. A loyal person does not withhold information. 1 Corinthians 5 1. Bobo, are you here with me? 1 Corinthians 5 1. 1 Corinthians 5 1. It says, It is reported what? It is reported what? That there is fornication among you. And it wasn't even the fornication. And such fornication, as is not so much named among the Gentiles, that one should have his father's wife. Even, even the Gentiles don't accept this kind of fornication. I mean, the Gentiles, they are up and down doing things. But this one, dear, even the Gentiles are some way about it. Such fornication. And, and Paul, who, what happened? Paul said, it is reported. It means that a loyal person in their congregation was the one who went to tell Paul. A loyal person. If you saw this loyal person, you say you are Chinese lapor. Hello? You say you are Chinese lapor. See, for loyalty to work, there are certain laws. And the laws are that if you see that something is going wrong, Paul says it is reported. Do you get it? And this fornication is not, how can you be in the, in the same ministry and your friend is taking pictures of girls in the church and recording it and you don't come and say it. And even when the person is found out, then you are rather even encouraging the person that you are still flowing with the person. How? Instead, first you should report, you, shouldn't, you didn't report. And then when, by the grace of God, it is seen, and the person is disciplined, and you are now also following the person, then you are like that too. You too, you are like that. As far as I'm concerned, you are like that. Yes, you are not correct. Hmm. Look at another one, 1 Corinthians 1.11. For it had been declared unto me of you, my brethren, by them which are of the house of who? Of who? 
Chloe. It shall be declared unto me of you, my brethren, by them which are of the house of Chloe, that there are contentions among you. It means in the ministry, there are contentions. Why you are coward ministry no more? When you were in Casa, this person, this person doesn't talk to this person. When this person is leading the song, this person will not sing. When this person is the one playing the drums, I won't dance in the church. <laughs> hey, because he's the one playing the drums, I won't dance in the church. When this person is taking the offering, I won't give offering. This rather, it, it, when this person give offering, I will give. But this person take offering, I won't give offering. And who said it? The household of Chloe, they came to tell the pastor that among the Ketisi stars, there are contentions. People are not talking together. They don't flow the new leader. They don't flow the new leader. They don't flow the percentile leader. Somebody came to say it. But you are seeing it. And you are fueling it. You are putting petrol in it. To spoil it. Or it's like, well, if they are not talking, it's up to them. It's not up to them. You are part of it. You are helping to spoil the sweet melodies. You are helping to spoil the sweet melodies. You have to come and say, look, the people, there are, there are contentions amongst them. If Brother Aaron plays the keyboard, they will sing. But if it's Mousy who is playing the keyboard, it will not sing. Contentions. And there are a lot of contentions in many ministries. Many ministries. When the bus came, you realized that it, the person driving is not the person who wants to. You say, refer to stand in the rain. Met the bus if I him. Contention. Contentions like I'm a Apollos. And some people are able to bring divisions all the time. Especially in ministries that people are, two people or three people are leading. You see people, they will try to push people to like this person. Push people to like this person. Hate this person. Like this person. Hate this person. Those people, they don't, they don't belong to that ministry. You have to report them. that Why are you creating division amongst us? Why? Why? And is the household of Chloe <laughs> who went and reported? Who went and reported and said, Look, this is wrong. You can't spoil this nice thing. You can't spoil this church. And sometimes you have to call somebody in the church and rebuke the person. Because one person can cause a whole lot of contention in the one person. We are Swaznega. One person. Esther chapter 2, 21 and 22. Esther chapter 2, 21 to 22. In those days, while Mordecai sat in the king's gate, two of the king's chamberlains, Bigtan and Teresh, of those which kept the door were rough and sought to lay hand on the king Ahasuerus. Look who. They put close to the king. 
they sought to lay hands on him and do him evil. Close people. Hmm. Pray that I don't look at you. If I'm proving I will do this. Close people. And the Bible says in the next verse, and the thing was known to Mordecai. Who told it unto Esther the queen? And Esther testified. Esther what? Esther certified the king thereof in Mordecai's name. Now what happened? Yeah, so these guys, they wanted to kill the king. And Mordecai happened to know. You get it? When Mordecai heard it, he went straight to tell the king that the people want to kill you. You are in church. People tell you all sort of gossip. And you hold it. Your brother is sitting next to you. The thing they have said to you about the brother, you say, I love you with the love of the Lord. I love you with the love of the Lord. I can see. And if you saw a friend, you do it. You say, go to your friend. When you see the person, you just pass it like that. Instead of saying it, it's, and when you are saying it, it's the difference between gossip and reporting. Gossip is when I t- please don't tell him, don't tell her. Why do you, what do you mean? I don't tell him. Don't tell. What, how do I know whether what you are saying is true or wrong? How do I know? You come and tell me that this person is a thief. He steals money. Then I should take your word that this person is a thief. I won't. I will take you and go and ask the person that this person says you are a thief. Are you a thief? Do you get it? So, those of you who are preparing to do Kokonsa, I'm not talking about Kokonsa at all, rumors. That's not what I'm talking about, you. Rumors of this. When eh, we hear this person, when I ask you, I heard somebody say, come on, keep it to yourself. Keep quiet and keep it to yourself. But I'm talking about, you see, something that is spoiling things. This one, they were planning, he heard. He heard. And he went to tell the king. So when you go to Esther 6, 1 to 3, you see Mordecai's loyalty spared his life. On that night, and this time they were going to exterminate all the Jews. Somebody has hacked a plan that they should destroy Mordecai, they should destroy the Jews, they should destroy this, they should kill them. But on that night, the king could not sleep. And he commanded to bring the book of records of the chronicles and they were read before the king. You know, people write down things. We haven't read, written down anything. We haven't written down anything from Nana Seansa when he started collecting mirrors and things in exchange for slaves and gold. You haven't written anything. All our stories are folkloric. Announcing some. So if you forget along the way, but, but I believe that we have so much history. But we didn't write. So you start writing yours down. Okay. And they were read before the king and the next verse. And it was found written that Mordecai had told, you see, it was found written that Mordecai had told of Bektana and Teresh, two of the king's chamberlains, the keepers of the door, 
who sought to lay hand on the king Ahasuerus. And then the next verse says, And the king said, What honor and dignity had been done for Mordecai for this? When Mordecai was loyal, how did we reward him? People were planning to kill him. But when they went and they found in the books that Mordecai was loyal, it ended up that they rather promoted Mordecai and the enemy was planning the downfall of Mordecai was rather hanged. So loyalty is rewarded. Don't keep quiet. The other says that they came for me today. Uh, who are those people who say those things? The Jews have a saying. They came for me today. You didn't say anything. They came for your brother. You didn't say in the next and they came for all of us. Brother Robert, you don't know this. Hey. <laughs> okay, you should know this. Don't keep quiet. If you see something going wrong in the church, come and tell. Amen. Have you watched Chinese film before? You know the Chinese lapel? Chinese lapel, they will tell Rana, but you are not Chinese lapel. You are a spiritual stabilizer, a spiritual loving person. You know, but you see, anytime somebody tells you something about a brother, tell the person that I'm not a garbage can. I'll call the brother and find out what you are saying. I'm not a baller. You, some of you are ballers. Everything. And you believe everything too. Because that's how you are. Wonderful. So then, the next lesson. Are you here with me? How many of you have heard things that you didn't tell? Give me a wave. Oh, you see... Some of you can look at your face. I know something that you know that you haven't said, so you just wave and be free. Say, the Lord is righteous, and wave your hand and be free. Uh-huh. Good. I'm not talking about things that are not necessary. These are the potential to destroy friendship, destroy things with somebody's reputation and everything. The next thing is loyalty is based on principles and not emotions. And this is very important. Because this time round, you see that people, when somebody misbehaves and the person is disciplined, you see that those who were the person's friend are not able to take themselves away from the person. Do you get it? Because of emotions. But you see, there are principles and there are emotions. If the person is wrong, the person is wrong. And sometimes even by detaching your emotions from it and trying to correct the person properly may save the person. So loyalty is not based on emotions. If the person is wrong, the person is wrong. It's as simple as that. Take the Bible, tell the person, my brother, what the pastor is saying is true. As the person came to complain, what the brother said is true. And I have this problem, especially with wives. Because anytime um, there's a marital issue, often the wives come and tell me. The men are like, okay, we won't say anything. But in the cases, in some of the cases that the wives come, and I found out they are wrong. Because when they come, they come with crying. 
So, to stir your emotions, you see, so, if you don't take care, it's like, oh, this man, pa, how can he do this to this lady, nice lady like that? So, they stir your emotions. But as they tell you the story, you don't know she's wrong. Despite the emotions, the person is wrong. So, when I take my emotions away, after I've given you tissue, after I've asked you to use a handkerchief to wipe your face, and I Listen, and I tell them, look, yeah, but it's true, but you are wrong. Then they get angry. Because they thought they would think that they've been able to stir up my emotions to forget principles. Do you get it? But emotions are not principles. If you go and solve issues based on emotions, you spoil marriages, you spoil friendships, you do so many things. Do you get it? So you have to take away. Do you think judges want to kill people to die? But when they are giving judgment, they have to put their emotions aside and read the law. It's as simple as that. You can see a nice, some of the people who are very nice, a nice um, lawyer who is a lady, a nice lawyer who is a beautiful person, and the person is prosecuting somebody and is asking the state to give the person 40 years in prison. Hey, nice person. What the person has done is that it's not that she's not nice or he's not nice or she has taken her emotions from the system and is now using principles. The law. If you don't do that, you cannot be a good judge or a good prosecutor. A prosecutor that's always crying for people. Oh, you see, I was going to ask for 40 years. But you know, when they, like um, the guy, they were sentencing the Chauvin who killed the, I can't breathe man, our brother. George Floyd. And then, before the sentencing, the families were allowed to come and talk, isn't it? And as I was looking, the way they were emotionally, and then his wife too come, came to talk. And the family was asking for maximum sentence, which was about, so they were asking for life. And the prosecution was asking for 30 years. Prosecution for 30 years, the family was asking for life. Then his wife, George Floyd, he has a wife. Chauvin's wife came to talk. And she said that she, she stands with the man. The man has done nothing wrong. So she, now the judge now has to take all the emotions and give a judgment. Yes. If he had based his judgment on Joy Floyd's family, he would have gone in for life. If he had based on the prosecution, he had gone in for 30 years. But when he based it on principle, and if he had based it on the Luther around, down there, he has given him no coming back to the world. But he gave him 25 years with option of parole in 15 years. That's what he did. And that is it. What, no matter what he said, you have to take your emotions from it and use principles. Are you get what I'm saying? In the same way, when you are in church and somebody misbehaves, even somebody leaves the church, it don't matter how long you know the person, you must be able to see that this thing is wrong. And this thing is right. Is that not so? And when you know what is right, then you follow, the, you follow principles. But I'm telling you, if many people have followed principles, eh, those who made mistakes would have seen and probably would, would have been saved. But they always have people to follow them. Yes. How can somebody be insulting your father, your father, your pastor, 
and you don't see anything wrong with it. Because, oh, he is my friend. Look, anybody who is a friend to your enemy is your enemy. It's in the Bible, in case you don't know. Let me read it to you. James 4, 4. Who ye adulteress and adulteresses, knowing not that friendship of the world is enmity with God, whosoever therefore will be a friend of the world is the enemy of God. It's an established principle that if you are a friend of the enemy of somebody, then you are the person's enemy. It's as simple as that. Whatever the person is doing against that person, you can do the same thing. And you consent to it. Yes. You consent to it. Luke 14, 26. I'm about to close. If any man come to me and not hate his father, mother, and wife, and children, and brethren, and sister, yea, and his own life also, he cannot be my disciple. I mean, you have to let go something. You cannot be my disciple. 1 Samuel 20, 32 and 33. You see, it's not emotion. When Jonathan saw that his father Saul, and look at this, so Jonathan saw that his father, the king Saul, was after David, wanted to kill David. Do you get it? Now, Jonathan saw that he had to be loyal to what God has said. Because Jonathan was there when he, uh, he was a witness to God, and witness and was also head of David, anointed to be in his father's stead. Jonathan knew. So when his father wanted to kill David, whom God had anointed, he realized that no. My father is wrong. He is my father, but he is wrong. He is my father, but he is wrong. It's as simple as that. Because he had in it with his own ear, he was there. Because he was Saul's um, son. So whatever Saul has heard about David, he has also heard. And he had heard that Samuel had anointed Saul. After the killing of Goliath, he was there. He knew what David was destined for. That David was going to replace Saul. If anything, Jonathan should have hated David because he was next of king. But he saw that, no, that's what God has established. I can't change it. I can't change it. So instead of being emotional, he became principled. I get what I'm saying. So your loyalty must not be based on emotions. That's why you need to read your Bible. The, the most important thing is to read your Bible. Know what the Bible is saying. So when somebody is throwing out scriptures here and there, because you know the Bible, so this is not true. This is not what the Bible is saying. Are you getting what I'm saying? But if you don't read your Bible, that's how you can be confused. Are you getting what I'm saying? If you're here, say amen. amen. Last but one. Loyalty may cause you physical things. Let me just read the scripture. Hebrews chapter 11 verse 24. Hebrews 11, 24 and 25. By faith, when he was come to years, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasure of sin for a season. Moses chose to be loyal to his Jewish brothers. So he, he lost physical things. Loyalty may cost you physical things. 
if you want to be loyal loyal do you get it loyalty demands analysis that's another lesson loyalty did what that's what demands and that means that if someone comes to tell you something you must analyze the things and see do you get it use your mind small use your mind small i mean in this book you can see bishop give an example of this is what i wanted to know somebody came to he said he said be careful of pastor dag my friend replied why are you telling me to be careful of him he answered he is into occult so you see that this occult is not today that i started though. this occult is not today it started i thought that we are into occult it's not today and it won't last today too what then a person what you must be bad my lawyer friend continued do you know how long I have known that? You don't seem to know how long-standing our relationship is. My lawyer friend pointed out to him, there must be something wrong with you. Anytime you analyze the events of the past, it will help you to remain loyal. I mean, for instance, one day somebody called me, and the person was very angry. And do you know why the person was angry? The person said that, the sister was not well. And the sister should go and do surgery. Or to go to the hospital. And the sister said she's not do the surgery because a prophet had told her that if she does it, she would die. Then the person called me and started blasting me. That how could we, a church, say this to somebody? So I said, ah, do you know us? Ah, do you know us? Do you know this church? Do you know who founded the church? Do you know we have a hospital? I asked so many questions. So how could we start a hospital? How can a church founded by a medical doctor turn around and say that medicine is wrong? I mean, how? Have you, are you thinking? It demands analysis. You have to analyze who you are talking about. Demands analysis. Are you getting what I'm saying? Analyze the matter. So later I went into the matter and I called her back then. She was now apologizing. I said, Yes. You didn't analyze. He was not apologized. She was not apologized. So you won't analyze. You won't think. You won't, you won't say anything about it. At the end of the day, it took the same church. Because I didn't know what the person was talking about. I didn't know what the person was talking about. But at least when I go to, if you are told without criticizing, I'm the same person who took it up. Said, no, this must be done. And it was done. And by the God, the person was successful. The person was successful. You have to analyze the person before you talk. It's as simple as that. So analyze the situation. Analyze the situation. Think, analyze, don't just be talking. So loyalty demands analysis. Do you get it? So you just flow. And know that it, it demands analysis. Analyze the person. This person rather than you don't know who you are talking about. You should rather say you don't know who you are talking about. Marriage, beloved dosing. You don't know who you are talking about. But you are not analyzing. Your mind has gone palm wine. 
That's where your mind has gone to. Palm wine. So some of you like yourself, Matao. In some phone, in some No, do not go shame. It won't start Beloved, go these people do they really want peace do they really want peace if you don't want peace peace trouble will never leave your doorstep okay it means analyze the individual consent you know when I got born again, my senior brother once went to a certain disco in Takrade. Then people started coming to me. Tell we saw your bro. He did the disco inside. But you see, as they were telling me, I knew why he was there. And those days, there was a certain drink that malt. You know, malt came in the Guinness bottle. When malt started, it was in a Guinness bottle. Mortar Guinness, it was in a Guinness bottle. I'm, how do you know? No, it's not Amstel. Before Amstel, before Amstel, there was the there was a normal Guinness bottle. And my, somebody was traveling in a certain night, and my brother needed to see him to give an information. The only place he could see the brother was in Ahinfei discotheque, Takurade. That's the only place he could see the person. And when the person who entered the disco, he won't come out, he's closed. So then the only option was for him to enter the place. So he entered and bought one motor Guinness in a certain corner where he used to be there. So he knew the corners. So he went to sit in one corner and was drinking his motor Guinness. Hey! By the time he got those days, we didn't have social media, so I'm even surprised. By the time he came, we had head. So I said, Pao, Charlie. Then he laughed at it. He told me what happened. I said, wow. So Charlie, don't. Just accept people's things, what people say. Be careful. Be careful. A churchman once told me that she has seen one of my pastors taking a lady into a nightclub. And you know the nightclub? Watu. I thought about this, what this lady was saying for a moment. Then I dismissed it. Why did I dismiss that story as being frivolous? When I analyzed the person who was telling me the story and the pastor concerned, I felt that it was a ridiculous accusation. First of all, you analyze the person telling you the story. Then you analyze the person that they said, so this accusation cannot be true. Are you getting what I'm saying? Yes, and there's a scripture, 1 Timothy 5:19. Against an elder, receive not an accusation, but before two or three witnesses. Which means don't just take the accusation, because in the same book, Somebody accused a pastor. Initially, he didn't believe it. But eventually, it was true. But he gave it the, the steps that you should use to accept an accusation against an elder. He followed the particular steps. Are you getting what I'm saying? So what I'm saying is that loyalty is important. There are laws that works. Analyze things. Analyze the words you have heard. Analyze the words you have heard. As you came to church being preached, analyze it. Amen. Are you with me? 
Analyze it. Acts 17, 11. This is a scripture we don't quote often, so I want to quote it. Acts 17, 11. Very, very important scripture. And many of you will fall for this. These were more noble than those in Thessalonica in that they received the word with all readiness of mind. And listen, and set the scriptures daily whether those things were so. Set the scripture daily. I'm preaching about loyalty. When you go, you also take the book there. You set the scriptures. And any scripture you see in the book, if you cannot find more than two scriptures to support it, then you have not studied the book. If you cannot find more than two other scriptures to support what is here, then you haven't read the book. Or then you have to be careful about what you are hearing. It's as simple as that. There is no scripture in a book that you read that you shouldn't be able to get two more scriptures to convince yourself that this scripture is true. If you don't do that, you are, Bible says that you are like those in Thessalonica. And the people in Berea are more than you. Because those in Berea, when they hear the word, they will go and see whether those things that they heard was true, were true. They will open the Bible, Bictan and Teresh. They will open the Bible and see and search. But that is what you don't do. That's why you are always confused. That's why you're always confused. Because some of you, the, the first and last scripture you are reading is to when you go home, nothing else. You will not search and say, and I say, any scripture you read in a book, if you can get, not get more than two scriptures in the Bible to support it, then either the scripture is not correct or you have not done a proper study of the book or of the scripture. And other translations to see. That is when, when you are talking about it, you are bold. But if you are not done that, you are not bold. You don't even know what to say. When people challenge you that you preach from a book, then you are, you are frozen. You are frozen. Because you didn't do any research. You didn't study it for yourself. You just went to preach. They say it's five two, so we are preaching loyalty. So you also went to preach. You didn't, you didn't read the Bible yourself to understand what you are preaching about. So you, so you are not persuaded. Even in your heart, you are not persuaded. You are not persuaded. That's why you can easily be confused. Hallelujah. Amen. So finally, analyze the word of God. Analyze the word of God. Romans 16, 17. It says that, what does it say? Romans 16, 17. This is the word of God. Now I beseech you, brothers and sisters, mark them which call divisions and offenses contrary to what? Contrary to what? The doctrine. And every church has a doctrine. Contrary to a doctrine which we have learned and avoid them. Isn't it the Bible that says, Bible says if you see anybody in the church, contrary to the doctrine, avoid. Mark and avoid. There are some people when you see them, you should pass the other way. Mark and avoid. avoid. Is it not in the Bible? If you see in the Bible, you don't go and say, that, eh, why are I saying that we shouldn't even talk to this person? He said, mark and avoid. You are not wiser than God. Yes. Mark and avoid. Some of you when you say mark and avoid, that is why you want to be nice. You are the only nice person in the church. Be careful. Be careful. Mark and avoid. 
If you study the word of God, then one, one of the things you will see is that rebels didn't start today. Neither are they going to end tomorrow. Rebels, they started from Adam. Even before Adam, heaven. Then he went to Adam. Bible says, eat everything. This one don't touch. Still. That's what they will go for. There's nothing new under the sun. I get what I'm saying. So study the Bible. Loyalty, faithfulness is so easy if you have studied the Bible yourself. And you know what the Bible says about it. What the Bible says about taking the words of someone who's anointed and being a spokesperson for the way you sin they commit thou also unto faithful men who will teach others also when you stay this ah, what is wrong with what you 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 are, there's something you don't understand the scriptures there's something wrong with you ah a church that is in 92 nations thousands of pastors that you don't know but i read somebody is preaching that the holy ghost is not god again but i realize because somebody was preaching in a new believer school. And the person said that when the Holy Spirit comes to stay in you, he comes, you see, as newborn babies, eagerly desire the same make of the word. The person was interpreting it. He said, when the Holy Spirit comes to stay in you, hello, are you here? When the Holy Spirit comes to stay in you, he comes to stay in you as a baby. So when you, anytime you feed the baby, then the baby grows. So now the Holy Ghost is the baby. Then when you keep feeding the Holy Spirit, then he will grow. And the guy was teaching the new converts with passion. Passion. Such a person. If you don't know, you don't have a book, um, How to Be a, a Strong Christian, to put in his hands. Well, he's killed a sheep. He will kill the sheep. Look at what he's saying. Do you get it? So you have your one small corner. You talk to your convert. You do, but you don't know somebody has somebody somewhere in the world who nobody is with, is receiving convert. He needs a book to guide him or her apart from the Bible. But the Bible is that he cannot interpret. He needs a guide. So don't sit down and talk about things you don't understand because your vision is small. Your vision is you and your family. You meet the visitors, you meet the new believer school, you meet, the, you do everything. So you don't know that some people are elsewhere. Nobody sees them. You don't know what they are saying. You don't know what they are saying. Have you been blessed today? Yes. Amen. Yes. Let's stand to our feet and put our hands together for Jesus. You see? Now, Okay, I won't say this. Let's just bow down heads and pray. Father, we thank you. We give you praise. We give you glory. I want you to just pray for yourself. The Rehoboam and the princes, they said, they said the Lord is righteous. The Lord is, in other words, I am, even when I'm preaching, some of you have said things that you know you are involved. Don't, don't fight it. Tell yourself, I made a mistake, Lord. I made a mistake. I'm sorry. And let the Lord forgive you. Instead of becoming angry, instead of becoming, just say, Lord, Lord, I made a mistake. And the Lord will just change his mind about you. So lift up your hand, everybody, and just pray. Pray, pray, pray. Lord, say, Lord, may I be a good church member 
who will be a vessel of loyalty, a vessel of unity, a vessel of love, but not one that could create division, not one that will bring contention, not one that will be a destroyer in the name of Jesus. Wherever I've gone wrong, Lord, forgive me and help me in the name of Jesus. Just pray, pray, pray for yourself and pray for the church. Pray for the church. Wonderful. Thank you. Yes. Thank you. 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 Now I want us also pray. You know what is going around? How some of us who left us are saying all manner of things against our father and the church. We want to pray and lift up our father before God. When he say, Father, we lift up Bishop Daggy, what means before you. He is trying to please you. He's just trying to do his best. And we pray that you strengthen, strengthen him, strengthen his family, make his forehead hard. And for whatever is happening, let not the enemy have the last laugh. Jesus. Let the enemy defeated be defeated. Yes. At the end of the day, oh, yes. let the church become even stronger and Jesus. better. Yes. In the name of the Lord Jesus. Let's uh, pray. Let's Ramba pray for Father. Ramba Kashiriana. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Strengthen him alone. Oh, We thank you. Yes, Lord. We give you praise. Thank you. Lord. We give you glory. Jesus. In the name of the Lord Jesus. Yes, Lord. If today is your first time of coming here, every head bowed, every eye closed. Today is your very, very first time of coming here. Someone invited you and you came. You came by yourself. But deep, deep down in your heart, as I preached, you felt and you knew that you have to give your life to Jesus. You have to be born again. You have to ask God to forgive you of your sins. And you want to say, please, pastor. Every eye closed at the back. Please, pastor. Pray for me so that I give my life to Jesus. 
so that my sins will be forgiven. Please, Pastor, pray for me that I give my life to Jesus with every head bowed and every eye closed. You want me to pray for you to give your life to Jesus. Lift up your right hand and I'll pray with you. God bless you. Lift it up high above your head. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Up, up high above it. Close your eyes and lift it above your head. God bless you. Ashes, identify them for me. God bless you. God bless you. Now, if your hand is up, wherever you are, I want you to take your Bible, take your book, take whatever it is, and walk to me for wherever you are. And God bless you for coming. God bless you for coming. Bring them to the front. Bring them to the front. Put your hands together for them as they come. Put your hands together as they come. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Oh, don't stop clapping for them. Don't stop clapping for them. God bless you. You gave your life to Jesus. Come and let me pray for you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Put your hands together for them as they come. God bless you. Now, if you invited any of these ones who are giving their life to Jesus to church, I want you to come and stand behind them. You invited any of these ones who are giving their life to Jesus, I want you to come and stand behind them unless they came on their own. If you invited any of these ones who have come to give their life to Jesus, come and stand behind them. Good. Why don't you put your hands together for these ones who invited them? So they will go with them. You go with them. Quickly write down your particulars properly and you can leave them and come. Wonderful. Those of you here, I want you to say this with me. Welcome to give your life to Jesus. Let's pray with you. Say, Dear Lord Jesus. Dear Lord Jesus. Jesus. Everybody join. I thank you for today. I thank you for today. I believe in my heart. I believe in my heart. That Jesus Christ. That Jesus Christ. Is the Son of God. Is the Son of God. He came to die. He came to die. For my sins. For my sins. I believe, I believe that if I accept Jesus, that if I accept Jesus, He will forgive me of my sins. He will forgive me of my sins. So from today, so from today, I declare, I declare with my mouth, with my mouth that Jesus, Jesus is Lord, is Lord, and I make Jesus, and I make Jesus the Lord, the Lord and the Savior, and the Savior of my life, of my life. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for forgiving me of my sins, for forgiving me of my sins, and for making me your child, and for making me your child. From now on, from now on, I am your child. I am your child, and you are mine. And you are mine. In Jesus' name. Jesus. Amen. God bless you for listening to Active Word by Bishop Ishmael Sam. For copies of today's message or any other message by Bishop Sam, please contact us on. 0244-534-816 or visit us at Loyalty House International Abid Dawenya. You can also send Bishop Sam an email at pastorishmael at yahoo.com For prayer and counseling, you can contact us on 0246-939-984 To support this program, send your donations via mobile money to 055-874- 2922 or 050 940 0044. 
You can join us and worship via YouTube and Facebook Live at Bishop Ishmael Sam DHMM. Also at Royalty House International HQ page. You can also join us in worship this and every Sunday in our powerful gathering service at 9 a.m. at the Loyalty House International Abedowenya. God bless you. Your destiny, your destiny.